Welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive. We interview people who have dealt with the trickiest of health challenges, but eventually learn to get well and stay well naturally. Now it's time to hear from one of our detectives and learn how another health issue has been solved. We hope you enjoy the show. Humans were designed to eat, sleep, play, make love, and roam around the world. We are not living – we don't live that way. It's a different world. So the rules that apply to your genetic design haven't changed that much. We're not living in alignment or resonance with that fact, that truth. So we've got to work with these aspects of downregulation. Hey, what's going on, guys? And welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive. My name is Evan Transu, a.k.a. Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. Now, we're talking to Freddie Kimmel, and I'm going to keep this really short because if you don't realize already by the title, this is a two-part episode. So if you're listening to this one and you have not listened to the first one, I would highly recommend listening to the first one. I don't necessarily believe that this would make sense without it. Will you get some good tips? Sure, you absolutely will. But I really think you need both parts to understand the full context of what we're going to be talking about here today. So... If you are listening to this right now, wondering where can I get that other episode, I will have a link to it directly in the show notes. But outside of that, you can simply go to wherever you found this podcast and click on the podcast that was released right before it because this is being released on February 28th of 2022. And the previous episode, our last one, was Thursday, February 24th of 2022. So without further ado, let's get to the episode. All right, guys, welcome back to part two with Freddie Kimmel. Now, we don't usually do two parts on this show, but if you guys already listened to part one, and if you haven't been there yet, please go do that. Pause this, go click on that first. And we're kind of spending that whole first episode just talking about his story and this crazy stuff that he was going through. But Freddie also knows a lot, and I was doing the math in my head, and we could say this because we're guys, we don't care, right? I thought this guy was like late 30s based on the math I did. He's talking to me saying he's 44 years old, so first of all, he looks great, but second of all, he's been cancer-free this whole time, so I would think that this guy's come across some pretty damn good information in his life and has some things to share with us today. And, you know, Freddie, one of the things I want to just start off with right off the bat, and I hope that this is appropriate chronologically because I think this is what we were actually getting into last time when we ended, um, is this thing called the AMP coil. I had never heard of that, been in the space for years. We met at the Biohacking Congress. I was there for FDN um, in October of 2021. And so... I saw this thing, thought it was cool. I mean, I did one of the sessions there. You know, your people were great. Um, I think one of them actually ended up becoming an FDN, Isabella, which yes, is awesome. Yes. So yeah, just kind of cool how this is really coming full circle in multiple ways. And Reed's been on your podcast, a lot of great things. But um, yeah, what the heck is the amp coil? How did you find it? I mean, give us the whole spiel there because that's still, um, not going to lie, I, I still don't fully understand Sure, that. it was it was right after I had a very intense, and of course, we didn't really jump into the full depths of the story. I had bought a home yeah. in Hoboken. And behind one of the walls was floor to ceiling, black mold, toxic black mold. So on top of the cancer and the Lyme, you know, I had this additional experience that would have taken anybody down in their own right for years and was living in this home with really bad mold. So you can imagine how reactivated everything that I was already struggling with was amplified to the highest level it had been. And I was just at a, I was at an incredibly low point. I was doing everything I knew how to do 
through the wellness practices, different modalities. And I was throwing everything at my body at this point, you know, mm-hmm. ozone therapy. I was doing infrared saunas. I was doing binders, coffee enemas. I was doing um, pharmaceutical interventions to try to get the mold out of my body. And after almost eight to nine months, no change in the level of the toxicity in my body, which I was blown away right. from. I was like, how can this not be moving the needle? So I was at a, I was at a, a fitness facility and I saw a YouTube video on amp coil and I got off the treadmill and I pulled out my credit card and I bought it. So irresponsible. I didn't try it. It was $11,000 at the time. It was the most expensive thing I've ever bought. Not knowing, but there was something, honestly, I, this sounds so weird and woo woo. I was like, I'm going to have improvement with that. And so what the amp coil is, it's a system that incorporates multiple different technologies into one unit. And it brings in pulse electromagnetic field, frequency therapy and or bioresonance and software design. So imagine a tablet with a the selection of different frequencies in a different order, amplitude and duration. We can call it a song that's going to be played to the body in a certain order. All those sounds go through an amplifier where they gain power. Then they go through a modified electromagnetic coil, a modified Tesla coil, and that sits on your body, and it broadcasts magnetics in different waves or resonant frequencies to the body. And what happens in a body when you play um, pulsed electromagnetic field, and there's different attributes to all the things I mentioned, right? I'm going to put it all in one bucket because it's its own podcast. But essentially, when you offer the body pulse magnetics, the cells breathe better. They start to respirate. We increase that sodium potassium channel. We increase the voltage, the millivoltage of the cell. The cell gets better charge. I, I have learned this from studying and, you know, I tried it and had a great effect, but I was like, why? I'm like, I'm a why person. Why is it working? Why isn't it working? Why? I want to know why something failed or why it was amazing. So cells have a, a net positive outside charge and a net negative inside charge that differential or that transmembrane differential is what decides what goes in and out of the cell and how easily it's once you get into it and so if you've ever seen someone do live blood cell microscopy and they pull some red blood they put it under a microscope and you can see sometimes the red blood cells are almost stacked like a stack of coins in a casino and there's like this uh uh, viscous coagulation in the blood. It's not very free-flowing, right? And if you do a, a, a session with pulse magnetics, it'll af- often show an after effect of these cells pushing each other away. That is the physical representation of those cells gaining more positive charge, just like we try to push two ends of a positive battery together or a positive magnet. They would repel each other. So that's that's one attribute. So the cell is breathing, respirating, different voltage. And when we have those elements, the cell can essentially make more adenosine triphosphate, which is the currency of the cell, which is, you know, my understanding. Right. When I started to dig into this, there are thousands of studies in Eastern Europe, the Russian bloc, Ukraine. This is something that was used extensively in the bodybuilding weight training regime in the 80s. There's all kinds of different applications, and they use it. In Europe, much more uh, there's just more freedom to experiment with stacking this on different modalities across the board, uh, many many different applications. And then the other thing that's unique about Ampcoil is the sound. 
right? We're playing different resonant frequencies or sound frequencies. And to say that a sound can be broadcast to the body, there can be change in my terrain is, is I am frequency. I am a collection of different oscillating patterns. And the example I give is that skin is different than teeth is different than a liver cell. Right, its texture is a is a result of its oscillating pattern. So, like the tuning fork analogy, if I had two tuning forks and I strike one, I get waves and particles moving through space, and the other tuning fork picks up the song and it knows it's it's going to sing only for that A flat that it's tuned to. And so, because your liver has a resonant frequency, the idea or the belief system, I'll say, because I know it's a stretch for some people is that we'd play the liver a song and we'd challenge it with a beneficial range of frequencies. And we'd be waiting for that that tissue almost to sing or open or energetically light up, whatever that means. Um, and, and what I can tell you is like after four months, my real-time laboratories, I just want to quote the right labs, my mycotoxins were normal, normal. All of them were normalized. Whatever pathway that happened, did my body naturally detox because it remembered how to work? I don't know. Um, my energy was like not only normal, but like through the roof. And so I've been using this for three years and continuing to peel back layers and have gains from it. And there's so much application and use case. It's like, again, it's like Amp Coils is like its own podcast, but it was the thing that had the biggest shift for me. And... I started to come into this community and be like on these uh, calls where they have community calls where people share what's going on. And you would have people with Graves disease saying – My mom had that. My mom yeah, had that. Saying, oh, I'm no longer having – you know, there's a 23-year-old, 24-year-old that works for us who's had three heart attacks at 23, 24. Her cardiac tissue was Whoa. being attacked. And she she's – off medication, she does her normal life now, and she's doesn't take supplements. She's not a supplement girl. And I was like, okay, wow. You know, there was a woman, Catherine Abbey, who I've since met, who was scheduled for surgery on a valve in her heart, and her they're like, yeah, you don't need surgery today. What are you doing? And there's lots wow. of these stories of the body, not amp coil healing. Amp coil is a technology. I don't think technology heals. Bigger conversation. I think the body self-corrects when we energetically allow signaling and the organs and organ systems to communicate with one another. And I just kept hearing these stories. So now I'm I'm head over heels like involved in this company, and I'm just you know it's one of the coolest. Um, I'm going to say gateway <laughs> gateway drugs, gateway technologies to get people in the door of healing, which we could talk about. Yeah. It. Like what gets you excited about this stuff? You know. Anyways, that was a lot. What is Ampcoil? <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. But that, that's important because that's a big topic. Um, it is something that, you know, especially as I've gotten more into the biohacking mm -hmm. world and, you know, expanded just outside of functional medicine, right? Because functional medicine is great, but I like combining both of these mm -hmm. things and I think they have application together. That's when you start hearing these words like EMFs for the first time. Well, depending on what industry you came from, right? I was never hearing about this mm -hmm. stuff or non-native EMFs. And I'm certainly not an expert in any of it, but I, I do find that there's certain things that have been said to me that help me relate to this more. Like if we think of non-native electromagnetic frequencies, which for those listening was the NN EMF thing, you know, if you have any idea of what that is, you might think like, oh, like a 5G type of thing, cell phone, whatever. But EMFs are not inherently bad. Like when we're talking about electromagnetic radiation, the sun is included in that. Like the light that we need for our bodies to thrive and survive is needed in that. And so there's always been since we've really started innovating in the 
a world of technology, this debate between like, is this affecting us? What is happening right now as I mean, I have my computer hooked up to Ethernet, but still, I mean, there's a Wi Fi mm-hmm. signal downstairs, I got this huge computer right here, um, even the microphone, there are frequencies being given or are given off from these things and do they have an effect on the human body and then even more interesting is there's a a spiritual aspect to this if some people take that route because everything is moving right and bob proctor who uh, unfortunately just passed away recently again it wasn't for a health perspective per se but from a spiritual perspective he even talked about he's like if you don't believe your body's moving well how do you turn to dust in the casket Mm-hmm. You know, like, how does that eventually happen? He's like, you were moving even after you passed away. You're constantly vibrating. And we could see this. We do know this. But I think it's very hard, even for someone like myself in this space, to truly comprehend just how much these frequencies are affecting us when we don't have the privilege of, like, working in a lab all day or having this incredible experience that you mm-hmm. had. So uh, the one thing I'll ask is, for the listeners out there, you're clearly well-educated in this stuff and at a pretty high level uh, from my perspective. So if we could simplify this even more, like wh- why did this work then? Uh, mm. Just again, and I know that it might be a repeating of what you said just in different words, but why did this work when all this other stuff failed? Because I know people be like, well, he spent $11,000 on this yeah. thing and it, it changed what? His frequencies? So do you have any analogies that you use to kind of break this down for people? Yeah, and, and I mean, listen, it also I have to say, like the price has come down since I bought it. You know, technology <laughs> evolves. Like, and And I'm speaking about this and there is one side of my body which... I'm so lit up and excited about it. And and there's another side of my belief system that knows it's not about the thing. It's not about the amp coil. It's energy behind the action and my experience. And I think the reason this thing worked for me is because I was ready. I was ready to be consistent. I was ready to be invested in the time that it took to dedicate to this modality, using it three to four times a week, just like a toothbrush. I was invested mentally, emotionally, and spiritually I was committed to this and I kept doing it because I I kept having these subtle energetic signals that this was like a thing. So I dove in, you know, right. and so it is a gateway, you know, and I think these tools, these biohacking tools, I don't believe there's a tool. I think they all work. I think they all have value. I would put none of them, including amp coil on a pedestal. You know, do I think you need this to get better if you're struggling with chronic Lyme and mold? No. Um, do I think it does heavy lifting? Yes. Period. That's, you know, and I am like you. I am a, I always want to understand the why and the how and the who and the where, and I want to know what's happening in the body. So I am a person who tests. So the, a, a great way to answer your question is like, what's a really simple way? like why I had a belief system is because I tested pre and post many, many sessions. So I was looking at things like heart rate variability and I was watching my nervous system go from a state of extreme agitation to calm and balance in 30 minutes. I was watching uh, my uh, ECG, uh, predominant brainwave states, right? We talk about the brain building different neurotransmitters in different phases of activation. Patrick Porter talks a lot about that with BrainTap. So they have a system that does, you know, that measurement of a predominant brainwave state. So the brainwave states are, I'm going to, it's delta, it's theta, it's alpha, beta, and gamma. So I was watching this, Sounds good this to <laughs> trend to the left, which was like a sleepy brain, right? My brain was in delta 20, 30, 40, 50% 
in the day daylight waking hours, which I see all the time. I've done 300 scans now on this system that Ampcoil uses called HRVV scan. And I'm, I'm watching these brain waves start to whoa, way trend into the right. And I'm in like okay. 79% beta or like 43% gamma, which is super high, right? That's a very activated brain. Some people can't handle that state. And I'm doing things like I'm hiring thermographers to like come up to like the barn where I'm at with my team and writing Connecticut. I'm like, I want to do a inflammation. I want to look at side by side temperature comparisons on thermography. I want to run an hour of amp coil. I want to see what happens in the body after. So we just did that with like people after people. Nice. And you'd see these heat patterns just change. Like something's moving and knowing how long it takes a typical thermography pattern to shift. Sometimes it's the same after a year. Um, I was, you know, I kept, I kept, uh, confirming my bias through these scientific measurement tools, but I've also worked with a lot of people. So reinforcing that through my N equals one, you know, watching people be, you know, there's a nurse that I work with, uh, up in Northern Connecticut who was, when I met her and she was getting on these support calls was down for the count. She'd been home with her brother for five years and she went back to work this year. You know, and she didn't, wow. she nice didn't fun. do a lot. It, it was all like this stuff, you know, this biohacking stuff. And, and again, I'll say that for me, it works because it's exciting. It's fun. But what it does is it opens the door to awareness. And for me, what that means is, is that I remember that I can't bypass bare feet on the ground. I can't bypass morning sunlight. I can't bypass mm -hmm. an hour of, artificial blue light blast into my retina before I go to bed to disrupt circadian rhythm. I can't bypass, oh, maybe I have a, a lackluster filter on the sink, but I have nothing on the shower. And I know I'm absorbing all these chemicals that are disrupting the biome in my gut. And it's just like, I, I, the more I use it and the more I have my energy just build bit by bit, then I'm like, okay, now I can really lean into my bullshit where my blind spots are. And so as a result, yeah. My health gets better and better. My brain gets better and better. I make more money. I have better relationships. So it's this expansion that's come as a result of leaning into some of these things, which for me, again, I'm like a little, I love toys. I love Star Trek and Star Wars. And I'm like, here's what we're doing. We're using a Tesla coil and frequency to change my state. And now I'm, I'm taking that and I'm running with it. So that's, I think that's why it worked for me. And so I try to explain awesome. to people and educate, right? It's the energy behind the action. And I'm, I'm living proof of that. I could never say it's one thing. This was like Ampcoil was like my gateway, right? Into this world of just getting really excited and passionate about health. I love that you mentioned it in that way because, and I'm there's seriously, I'm not just being nice. There's no one person or one company that comes to mind when uh, we were down there, but I did notice an interesting trend because that was the first biohacking conference yeah. I had ever been to, and it does seem like people, very understandably so, they almost fall into the same dogma that a lot of diets, uh, or a lot of people with certain diets fall mm -hmm. into. One thing worked fantastic for them, so they believe, oh my god, everyone's got to do this, or this is the number one thing, when really maybe it was just such a missing link for mm -hmm. them, or like you said the energy and intention going behind this was so important and that's why although generally speaking of course we advocate for more of like a paleo based or 
some meat included diet uh, in this world. You know, I do know people. I have a very good friend. Her name's Connie. She's 60 years old, 12 years cancer free. Mm-hmm. And she did that through a raw vegan diet. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, she didn't even use Western medicine intervention. Wow. So it's kind of hard to say it wasn't the raw vegan diet. And, you know, go figure. You know, yeah. that's what worked for her. And maybe she was ready to heal. Maybe that was her wake up call. Like we said, uh-huh. there's, there's an energy and intention behind it. Um, but I, I love the people that can recognize, hey, this is a really valuable tool and maybe something to use. And I'm the first one to use it. Technically, by, by all measurements, using blue light blocking glasses like I had in our previous episode since it was later in, in the mm-hmm. evening, that's a tool. Mm-hmm. I should be in dark. I'm choosing to use a tool because my health is overall good right now. I've learned my special balance so I can do something like that and still feel pretty good uh, the next day and not have a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, a light therapy studio, my buddy and I, opening up in a couple weeks here in this local area. And it's like, well, why would you do that, Ev? You know about the sun. And I'm like, okay, I, I do know about the sun and people are encouraged to do that. It's a beautiful day today, coincidentally in February 65 totally but like pretty much seven eight months out of the year where i live in this um southeastern pennsylvania region and you would know this being uh former new jersey or possibly even still new jersey it sucks like it sucks a lot of the year people are not going out and exposing themselves full body to the sun they might not even be able to do that they might live in a townhouse like kind of development Mm -hmm. thing you know they can't be running around naked in the snow um getting that sunlight on their body they're gonna get the cops called Mm -hmm. on them (laughs) so it's a it's a tool but always emphasizing to people and i said this with him before we even started the studio i need to be ethical with people i don't want to be open in the middle of a summer day get the hell outside if it's beautiful out right thunderstorm okay cool come come do your thing but like get outside um right if you have the ability to do i don't know what would be an appropriate replacement for something like amp coil go do that but use these things appropriately and if you have the resources and money no they can be fantastic tools to heal and for people like us that the last thing i'll say is like have this more like entrepreneurial spirit and we do want to engage with the world a lot which for people who have been chronically ill can be pretty damn hard i do find like these biohacking tools are a great resource for people like us that might be pushing it a little bit too much sometimes yeah. and then it can kind of bring us back but we're still sticking with those fundamentals you, you can't replicate sunrise in the bare eyes that's free can't be replicated yeah. right can't replicate standing on the earth barefoot, like you said. You can't replicate a true darkness, circadian darkness, mm-hmm. right? You cannot fake this stuff. This is what it is right now. And if you get those fundamentals, um, I think that's a great thing. Now, one question I didn't ask you, Freddie, and I, I'm positive we didn't say this before. We made the transition mm-hmm. from conventional medicine to a T to the functional side, but besides the obvious of just like okay well i've been sick for a while i'm gonna try this like what do you remember what really was that first transitional time where you even think to look into diet or look into a functional medicine person whatever it might have been because i'm always so curious about those moments for people because and i have family members that listen sometimes so i mean this with all due respect i've had family members of mine super intelligent and they died from cancer in three years and never went outside mm-hmm. of the normal conventional box. It took them to their grave. So not everyone does that. So I'm curious, do you remember what one of those first things was that you went I mean, to? I think I mentioned this is that I, I switched <laughs> to a, a, a paleo diet and I had a huge reduction in inflammation. And, and, and again, you know, I think food was my starter, becoming interested in the mechanics of the body, dealing with some of the chronic pain or, or examining that, something I'm still learning. You know, now... In the last month, I'm like head over heels into knees over toes guy. You're, you know, yes, yes, I know who that really is. like he's. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I've been walking backwards in the park for hours, and I'm pulling a sled, and I'm you know doing hip flexor re- reverse motion to fight gravity. So I'm, you know, I'm always I'm I'm a lifelong learner, and 
I'll be honest with you that I talk about this in presentations and just as deleterious or ill effects that the, I'm going to say the side of the side effects of my treatment that were long lasting scar tissue, abdominal adhesions, chemotherapy, neuropathy, the, uh, functional medicine world put in my, my pocketbook because I didn't have the experience there were a couple people that were great and everybody meant well, but most people that I worked with in the functional medicine world knew enough to be dangerous. And they had mm -hmm. taken a course and they had understood maybe what, you know, what Schumacher's labs for toxic mold might be. Or maybe they understood that, you know, oh, here's a comprehensive thyroid panel, but they were still treating. They were still treating the labs, and that didn't help me feel better. It got me really excited, and I stole this from somebody, but when I would walk out of those wonderful functional medicine practitioners or functional chiropractors, I would walk out with a bag of hope, which was like $350 in supplements. And mm -hmm. because of the biotoxin illness, I couldn't tolerate a lot of them. I wouldn't finish them. And I can't tell you how many times that happened. And what I gained from that experience was a lot of fancy labels, right? Functional medicine's got way better labels for your disease states, but there's really <laughs> a lack of coherency or consistency within that educational platform, whatever it is, it's, it's just not, it's not working. And I, I've seen the studies and it does not save people money, does not save people time. If you get lucky and get a good person who is going to really coach you, you know, coaching like that's what I'm like, yeah, functional medicine doctor. Great. Even if they're going to spend two hours, you need accountability because chances are your brain is firing and wiring to reflect the the mapping of all our memories. It's like, how do I change? How do I challenge the version of being myself, which is really what healing is. Mm -hmm. Right. And that is like that's a good coach. So I when I when I trained as a coach through the Institute for Functional Health Coaching, which, which I had lessons from Reed at, at the, and Tracy Harrison, School of Applied Functional Medicine, nice. University of Colorado for Gut Health. When I trained as a coach, I, there was, a, there was over time, uh, there were enough lessons that I finally, the switch flipped for me. And I was like, oh, wow, I get it. <laughs> right? I get it. Nice. I, I, uh, now I understand what root Root cause isn't just something that's clever people can throw in a slide deck presentation. And and really, I watch people speak around it all the time. They're going to talk like discovering thyroid dysfunction is the root. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> you know, so what I mm -hmm. found in functional medicine was a huge lack of education, which I, my, I think, I think, I think, Evan, I could be totally off here. I think my superpower and the fact that I've been gifted with cancer and Lyme and mold and, and thyroid dysfunction and heavy metal toxicity is that I've seen the worst of the worst information and guidance, and I've seen how flawed it is. And now from a patient, I can speak from experience and say, wait a minute, like we really need to get the lifestyle, the home self-care, the, we need to get that in check first. For, yep. I think, yep. I think for a lot of people that will be very helpful. I never want to speak in absolutes. I know there's a bell curve. <laughs> there's going to be outliers who probably, yeah. and let me just be clear that none of this will work for. And I don't know why, because I've seen those people too. They message me on Instagram and it's, there's always a spectrum. So 
With that being said, that is my really intense feeling about functional medicine. <laughs> well, no, and it's, it's kind of perfect. And it is sad, you know, because especially I think many doctors, if not most, mean well. Very few people get into medicine by accident. I, I would argue that it's even more true in the functional medicine world, right? They really do mean well um, because you can make a ton of money either way if you're a doctor. But, you know, now it's even harder in a sense because, yeah, you got to charge most people out of pocket half mm-hmm. the time. And I, I really do think they got into it for a reason. But we emphasize this so often on this podcast where I kind of like – I've actually did a whole podcast on it where I try to define the differences between what is this conventional medicine, what is this natural functional thing, and what is FDN. And the natural functional thing, I don't think it was even supposed to start out like that. I'm a younger guy, so I don't don't really know. But even when I went to my naturopathic doctor, I saw a woman who meant so well Mm. and was so sweet, but she did exactly what you said. The problem in Western medicine is that they treat the paperwork. Natural medicine has come down to treating the paperwork, and these functional medicine doctors might be using fancier labs, but it's still the same principle as this natural medicine stuff. You're going to walk out with expensive supplements, and you know what? If you're not particularly sick, it might make you feel a hell of a lot better for even a good chunk of time, but for the people that we're working with at FDN or as FDNs, I should say, or coming through the FDN course even, it's like they're sick as dogs. Mm. They've they've dealt with some serious stuff that has not worked, and that's how they even find us, right? It's kind of sad that they have to go all the way through all that stuff to eventually find Mm -hmm. something like this. But I love what you said about treating the paperwork because the first – you can't listen to Reed talk for more than five, ten minutes. I'm sure you said this on your podcast. What do we not do? We don't treat the paperwork, Mm -hmm. right? We address the whole person. We address everything nonspecifically. And it's not as sexy to talk about in the world of functional medicine anymore because everyone wants to get into very deep lab analysis, which we talk about. But the fundamental thing, the thing that Reed trademarked, well, he trademarks a lot of things. But the, one of the main ones and first ones was the DRESS protocol, which is just as simple as diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, and mm-hmm. supplementation. And that's low lifestyle stuff, guys. That's what we're talking about, right? If that's not in check, the fancy labs, the biohacks, they might help. But the sicker you get, the less you're going to feel that help. Um, you got to do this other stuff right. And sometimes it's a toxic relationship, right? And that kind of goes into the stress reduction thing. But yeah, if you had a toxic relationship, cool. You go get your sunrise. You eat well. Do all this stuff. Use an amp coil. You're still having negativity in your life twenty four seven. Then probably you're probably thinking about that mm-hmm. all day, and and it's not a good idea. Um, and so yes, you did mention the diet last time. I guess not to sound like a little kid that just keeps asking Please. why, but I, I will challenge it one more time because. Freddie, some people go to the grave with cancer that are just as smart as you. I think you are highly intelligent, but there's plenty of people, you know, there's at least millions that do have the same level of intelligence. They didn't do that. So why even a paleo diet? Did you find a book randomly on the side of the road? Did a family member do this? I'm always obsessed with this idea of what makes someone cross that line because intelligence does not seem to be correlated with it. I've seen no correlation directly with that. Um, I like personality types. And ironically, I've kind of seen that, which sounds funny, but that's my own bias probably. And I'm probably putting it into a mold, but I want to figure this out so that I can teach people about this on this podcast. So I'll stop for a second, but I'm curious, what even gets you to do Yeah, I, I read a book. I picked up a book of a woman who had been in this horrible car accident and she had broke you know, every okay. bone in her body and was in chronic pain. She's on 18 medications. And and that was her experience. She went to a, a, a whole food diet and okay. had this massive reduction in pain. And I remember, I wish I could remember the book, but I closed the back cover and I said, I can do that. And the next day I went to the grocery store and you know what? I never ate that shit again. 
Never ate bread again. That was nice. 2000. Good for you. I was, I was in North Carolina. I was 2009. I was in the middle of a show. I was trying to do, I was trying. I was performing through all, all these horrible things. I was doing theater, which is a, still amazing to me <laughs> that I was like in the stairwell in between changes crying because I was hurting so bad. Or I was like laying on a towel trying to get stuff to move by my large bowel and then I'd be out you know, dancing on stage. I was a mess and I was hiding a lot of it. And there's sure. a lot to unpack there. It's a whole nother, whole nother, again, whole nother podcast. But I closed the book and I, and I started, it, that was enough. I was like, I can do that. I read it and, and it resonated with me. You know, I will say there's a pattern here when I hear something and it, and I feel it, I'm going to do it. Right. I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to be like, Oh, I'll, you know, cause there are two types of people. Let's be clear. There are people that would read that book and like, well, when I'm done with this show and life isn't so stressful and I have a yeah. and I have a convenient kitchen and I can I can go source the foods that I need from the forest. Fuck that. I was in a I was in an apartment without a kitchen. It had a sink. I bought a hot plate, right? Because there was at the theater I was working at, there was a community kitchen and they were cooking like double fried chicken dumpling cake layer bullshit and i just was like i'm getting i i made <laughs> all my meals three to four times a day in an apartment with a with a, a vanity sink not even a kitchen sink you know or oh, vanity. That's oh i know yeah, yeah i have been in <laughs> hotels in san francisco down to really really nice like the four seasons while i was working at the orpheum theater with phantom of the opera I have been cooking salmon in a hot plate, and the the housekeeping staff had went in. They're like, "This smells awful. What are you doing? We're getting complaints." I'm like, "I'm making clean protein." You know, I was. I'm. No, get on get your on way, way. All right? This yeah, is going out. out of here. This get out. Serious. I'm sure people have done worse things in the meatpacking district in San Francisco. Let's let us be real with each other. Yep. And so that's that's just the way I roll. And I have had and you're making me remember this i've had had eye rolls and you know uh, you got a little uh a little uh a crate or a uh what they're like travel boxes when you're in a broadway show on tour and that shit would be packed with pans and hot plates and a vitamix people are like are you really traveling and everybody else's case is filled with you know designer shoes and like you know all the thing all the clothes are buying clothes in every city i'm like that's my survival box. You know, had I gone through where I had to go back to Broadway, back to music theater, you know, now it would be it would be red lights and amp coils and ionic foot baths and some sort of a way to do cold exposure. I don't know how I would do that on the road, but I would I would figure it out, right? Cold shower. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah at, at the very, very least, least yeah. I would be hacking that tour, you know, cuz I I'm I'm aware of what my body needs to be in this pocket of elite energy and mental clarity to be able to do all the things I do. So there was no I I am a person that does not believe in this has always been that way mindset. We can talk about that first experience with a diagnostic with cancer. I'm like, great. When can I be done? When can I be back on stage? It's like I didn't question if I'm like, just how long is it going to be? And I'm going to find a way to do it. Yeah, hundred ten percent, two thousand percent, whatever you want to, however you want to frame it. Wow. Okay. And no, and I appreciate that because that was the answer. I was, that's the explanation yes. I was looking for because I, I know that there's something more there and there's this, uh, there's a wake up call where people cross this line and you read this book and you're like, well, shit, yeah, maybe I could go do that. And the number one answer of all the things, hundred something episodes, 
number one answer is I just had a feeling that this didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about people that are not medical professionals. Yeah. They're sick. They're sick for a while. You know, I just had a feeling. And so one of my points is maybe it's not identical here, but you basically did. You had this feeling that, oh, God, I should do that. And you did it right away. And I like to emphasize this so that people trust their guts. Now, this does not mean if you're not a medical professional, play doctor and act like you know more than every single doctor in the world. There's a fine line here. I'm saying if you're doing what you're told and it's not working, stand up for yourself and have the guts to say that, right? Be like, you know what? No, I'm going to go try something different. That's what the message is. If something's not working consistently, well, then you got to go try something else. We don't want to see you pass away from one of these conditions. And it is sad because some people, uh, you know, for a variety of reasons, probably just never trust that inner instinct. And I imagine all of them had to have had it. I imagine my aunt had to have said at one point, damn, this isn't Mm -hmm. working. You know, I'm doing exactly what I'm told here. This isn't working. Why? And, um, you know, you either follow it or you don't. And what we do is we put these people um, in the medical profession and, and God bless them and they're great people, but we put them on this pedestal in multiple ways because in our society, they're winning financially. They're at the top there. They're winning intelligence wise. They're at the top there. They are just status, right? They have the highest level of everything in, in a certain sense, in a general sense. And so we respect them. Many of us are too afraid to question it. But guys, remember, they're stuck in the same system that we are. How many doctors do you know, especially not in the functional space, that look like they're sitting on the fountain of youth in the back office, right? They they don't. They usually look like crap themselves. So this is an anti-doctor. It's nothing like that. And I always, I say this, um, I sound like a broken record, but you never know when someone's just listening Mm -hmm. for the first time. I got to emphasize that. These doctors are clearly suffering too. In fact, most of them are studying or are suffering worse than us because they're in a blue lit office all day, high stress job, right? Fast food, not necessarily a McDonald's, but something like that's brought to the office, a delivery type of thing, because they got to keep going. They got to keep grinding out patients, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's not that simple. I'd love if it, if it was. Mm-hmm. That'd be a lot easier. But no, it's, it's this giant system. And if that system is not working for you, have the guts to do what Freddie did, to do what I did at one point. I wouldn't even say I had the guts. I was just at the end of my rope, to be dead honest. I don't want to give myself that much credit. But any of these other people on this podcast and just say, you know what? Maybe I will keep doing what they're saying. I'm not giving medical advice here, but it's not working. So I'm also going to go explore mm-hmm. other things. And it could start with something as simple as diet, right? Very few people are going to uh, get hurt by changing their diet. Correct. <laughs> it, like to a whole foods mm-hmm. type of thing, you know? Um, and that leads me to kind of my next question here. What... um. The amp coil, obviously fantastic. Paleo diet, it seems like worked mm-hmm. really well for you. What were like maybe like two or three other things that you have found that are still habits to this day? Because you've listed off quite a few things. I'm curious what some of the top ones are um, for. And again, guys, not medical advice, but as someone who's dealt with cancer that you feel are like some of the most important things that you've done. Um, and then let's also specify too, should someone... Because I feel like this is worth asking. Should someone with cancer be doing some of these things? Mm. I don't I don't know what your philosophy is. I don't know that I'd necessarily be recommending, even if I was a doctor and had the ability mm-hmm. to do this, someone jump in a cold plunge tank with active cancer if they're like in the midst of chemotherapy. Like there might be a trade-off with certain stressors mm-hmm. on the body and maybe just changing your diet's a good thing at that point. So two or three more things that you maybe found really effective for you and when is appropriate to use it in your opinion. Not yeah, medical advice. not medical advice, hundred percent. And and what I what I say <laughs> with Amcoil, we don't work with disease. You know, it's a it's a wellness technology that works with the body's natural mechanisms, pathways of self healing. Period. You know, it's not a disease targeter. And and from my experience, I said this before: technology doesn't cure disease. It, it, the, it's the body that heals. Yeah. It's the body 
that heals a broken bone. The doctor may set that bone. It's the body that is sending collagen-like structure, calcium, minerals, nutrients, magnesium to that break to re-spindle those osteoblasts together stronger than it was before. I think we forget that. You know, that the body has this incredible uh, ability to heal. Now, let's also have the conversation. I know. You're like, Freddie, give me just give me two or three more things. Let's have the conversation. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was saying that in the sense of how true it is. We talk about it all the time. If I cut my finger, I don't have to tell my body to do anything. It heals. I can prove to anyone that there's an innate healing ability. We just don't always apply it yeah. to major disease. Yeah. And yeah. And, really and, but we're also, let's have the conversation about the world we live in. Because the number of synthetic chemicals that are approved for consumer use, industrial use, building materials are in the body. And some would argue that those affect the way my immune system responds or functions. Some would argue it affects my body's ability to mount an immune response. Maybe there's um, an argument to make the case of a heavy-handed immune response on one side of the body, the T1, T2. You know, we can have those conversations and just say, the advice that worked for grandma and grandpa is not going to work for you or I because I am. I am a mm-hmm. Polaroid of a Polaroid of a Polaroid. It's a shittier image of a shittier image, and I am the physical <laughs> manifestation in a vibrating pattern that is my generation's unhealed trauma in physical incarnate. I am a protein expression with a soul, I believe. And so we're dealing with different rules. It's a different body. We need to look to the future, to technology. So that's, again, I just want to layer in. It's like, you know, it's not weird. It's a new conversation, and and it's an important one just to be open-minded about. You know, the the when do you use this? When do you not use this? Again, wellness tool, you know, AmpCoil has guidelines for when and not to use things. It's always consult your medical professional because that's the system we're in. So I want to be really clear on that as well. It's like maybe that guiding professional does not have an expertise, but that is the gatekeeper right now. And if you want to talk medicine and uh, treatments, that that is a medical doctor. If you want to talk wellness, that's your choice. And at the end of the day, I think it's really – I always forget this, that I make the decisions about my body. I know sometimes I feel like the doctor could be calling the shots, and and especially when I think back to cancer, in no way did I think I had the power to say no. Never thought I had that power. I was too scared. I was too young. I was I was not educated at that point. Um, but you have the power to make the decisions about your health, one hundred percent. That is what this country is based on. So, with that being said, right. what I want to say, other technologies that I think have been radically transformative to me are red light therapy. You know, I love the the essentially, you know, the big light panels, there's Juve, Light Path LED, BioLight, there's so many out there. But I really like light therapy and red light for me. I think it's why I look like I look at 44 cuz I've done that for a while now and it's something that's a daily practice for me that again, I can test voltage. I can test predominant brainwave states. I can test patterns of inflammation with all these fancy tools I have in my apartment. So I see what the red light does, and I'm a huge believer, and it's so easy, and it's so fun. And if you're on social media, it's fun to post naked pictures in front of the red light with – obviously, we have to watch out for some certain parts. But for me, it's another great gateway (laughs) biohacking device, right? It's a it's about a thousand dollar price point if you get a full body situation, and 
your family will benefit. Joy, mood, circadian rhythm, circulation, right? The raw materials for adenosine triphosphate, which is the building block of energy in the cell. They're just so easy. So I love, I love this one. I love Light Path LED because they add that frequency component. They pulse from zero to 10,000 hertz. So if you look at some of the studies coming out about 10 hertz pulsed rate, 40 hertz pulsed into the brain, great effects with PTSD for soldiers, right? Trauma, different levels of healing on the mental, emotional, because, because what I've researched is that the cells communicate through pulsed light. The body communicates through pulsed, subtle electromagnetic fields, and that is cellular communication. So when we can mimic a pulse, we're also leaning into nature, which we've designed ourselves out of in these comfortable little boxes at 72 degrees. Um, the other thing that I absolutely love, which is new for me, I'm going to just name two more, is the sure. deliberate cold exposure. Now, I've been doing this for a couple years, but I've since built an ice plunge in my backyard, and I found a company that built me a water chiller, and I've added an ozone machine and a filter and a jacuzzi pump and a barrel. So anytime I want, any minute of the day, I yeah, have baby. sub 40 degree, usually 35 to 36 degree water where I sit in for th three minutes, five minutes. I'll do alternating hot and cold. There is incredible science to support the management of nervous system tone, the conversion of brown adipose tissue. We, right, we want our adipose tissue to be brown, so healthy brown fat, which is more mitochondrial dense. There is wonderful information to support autoimmunity, chronic inflammation, even the management of exposure to different bacteria, which they've done wonderful studies on stacking breath work and cold exposure to mitigate an inflammatory response to biotoxins. It's really wild, this stuff on that. So I would just say, you know, it sounds terrible yeah. and painful, but it's a daily practice for me. And what I've noticed, it's changed my state of, I want to say it's an anti-fragility practice. I believe and I see, especially in social media, I'm like, ooh, we're so fragile. Think back to the feudalistic era where there's a king and a queen, right? I know we say how bad the narrative is, how bad life is. I hope I didn't tell this story on podcast one. How bad life is, like how unfair it is, how burdened we are, how terrible the human experience is. Well, go back to the feudalistic era where there was a royal family and everybody else worked to back-breaking labor and died at 33 from the plague. Now we have boxes of information that I can, I can ask it any question I want. You know, hot showers, plumbing, sewage treatment. I could just do the basics. Like, we have more access to joy, but we're more likely to kill ourselves in this day and age than we ever have been. So I want people to think yeah. about that when we tell ourselves how bad life is, because I think that's total. I call bullshit on that. I know it's different. I know technology doesn't always improve. I know we're separate, but we also have to take ownership and awareness around the access to luxury and free time we have. I know that's not made us happier, but to, to pluck a person from 1492 and put them in this apartment with these luxuries, they'd be like, not only was I a royalty, I'm an, on some alien life form planet where life is yeah, offering <laughs> me everything, food in a cold box, right? It's anyways. So a reframe for people. And the last thing I'll, I'll mention that I really am liking right now really liking is sort of in the supplement sort of the technology is this idea of bioactive carbons or different um supplements that have been 
altered with lights and lasers, cool company I, I'm working with, Cellcore, that is doing this new type of binder to form covalent bonds with environmental toxins and to pull them out of the body. For me, that's like kind of technology, right? And they're, they're, they're playing around with some cool new stuff. And so somebody that struggled with um, biotoxin illness and Lyme in the past, I've never really been able to tolerate binders. And so when we're working with these chemical structures of carbons and we're carbon, I'm a carbon being essentially and mm -hmm. challenging the rhetoric around pH in the supplement, like the idea that things need to be alkaline to be good. Well, you know, my, my understanding, again, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, but I do, I am, I did work in an engineering firm with my dad growing up. And I do understand pH is really the potential of hydrogen. So what that means to me is potential energy, right? An alkaline substance has no energy. There's nothing there. Mm -hmm. Something at the bottom of the scale has an incredible amount of energy. So if we think about that with our supplementation and these carbons that this cool company is making to bind and help the body deburden toxicity, I've had a great experience playing around with those. And this is only... This is like six months for me, so I'm kind of new in it. Um, but it's it's been another really cool one as far as like, cool. you know, how we can assist the body with these unnatural elements of toxicity. So those are those are my big ones right now. And I, I dude, I have I have so many. Awesome. I mean, we could do a whole nother podcast just on like biohacking tech and things I I love. Like I love that I have a machine that can measure real time HRV and ECG. Like that's so neat to me. Like. I have an ionic foot bath, which adds positive ions to the body. And I've also seen that one on like CNN is total witchcraft, bullshit, woo woo. And then I've, I have friends on it that, that have had come over. I mean, like healthy friends, they are out, they are passed out because I got so many positive ions in a 30 minute session. It was like going to the beach for a hundred days yeah. and their nervous system is like, I'm so happy. I've had women cry on this thing because it's such a heart opener for them. And I, I'm watching yeah. it be very helpful. And I know, I know we're in a, such a challenging world where it's like, you know, we want to label things. I got so triggered yesterday, a woman, and then I'll shut up. A woman labeled, she, she had called out Dr. Oz for questioning a popular narrative that she didn't agree with. She's just like, I reported him to the board because I think he's wrong and we all need to do this. And this comment thread was like, it was like watching uh, a witch hunt. People like, yes, girl, he's bad. I don't like him either. And I was like, why are medical professionals driving division on social media based on a belief system that from my reading and understanding is flawed? If the very least, it, the very least say like, I don't agree with him, but to call him out and say he needs to be punished because of my belief system shows a total lack of humility yeah. and that you could be like someone is the fucking I'm so sorry about my language that someone is the keeper of truth. Like there's a silo of truth. Truth is subjective and it changes all the time. Like I want to beat my head yeah. against the wall with that. And I am, I am like, never want to speak to, I know anything. It's like, I use it. I try it on my body. I see benefit. I want to explore it more, right? Maybe in 10 years, we understand that there's something better or it was flawed, but that's all I can go on is my subjective experience at the end of the day as we're co-creating reality. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. 
I mean, you know, I, I would like to get these two parts out, but obviously, I mean, it's so clear we'll have you back on as a guest again. This is so much fun talking to you. Um, but, you know, I, I want to address that last point for sure, because, again, we could spend 10 minutes on any point, really. It's not something we talk about much on the show. Um, I think people can use their heads in, into what we're getting at, especially if you follow what Dr. Oz has been doing, right? And you might disagree with it. You might agree with it. It's not really the point. The point of what you were saying is somehow, especially over the last two years, there has been this narrative put out that there is this, like you said, silo of truth. And anything against this is a bat. It's scary. It's wrong. Um, and it's a million other negative adjectives that we could come up with. And that is really scary, especially in the world of science. I'm like, what are we doing? Uh, you know, it's it's completely taken away because now people are getting their ego so deeply involved in it. It's completely taking away the ability for people to comfortably say, you know, oh, I got new information, so I changed my opinion. You know, you can't really do that anymore. And I very rarely say this stuff on the podcast, but I will today. Like, I'm a guy, and I thank God I took a picture of this because I took a picture for another reason. It had nothing to do mm -hmm. with this at the time. No one could have possibly predicted how big this was going to be. And I'm referring to COVID. But it was February 29th of 2020. So remember, there's no lockdowns. I'm getting on a plane to go to Florida, mm -hmm. a packed plane. And I have an N95 on. One other person has a cloth mask on that plane, and the rest of the plane, including the flight attendants and the captains, as far as I could tell, are not wearing masks at all. Now, people, oh, Ev, you're a functional practitioner. That kind of surprises me. I didn't think you'd be like that. Well, I didn't have any information about this. So I'm in the space. I'm worried, uh, Freddie. Honestly, I was worried about like an antibiotic-resistant superbug at the time because we didn't Who know knows? anything about COVID. I was like, oh, right. I'm like, this is it. This is it. We pushed it too far. Right. This is it. And so I'm doing anything I can to protect myself and be safe. And then as I got more information over time with this specific virus, for me personally, I'm not worried about wearing a mm. mask anymore. I don't really care about that whatsoever. That's me personally. Didn't say that mm. applies to everyone. But that was, I got new information and I'm able to change my opinion, you know? But what happened to most people, and this is... An example of what you were getting at, but just kind of a different thing. People fell into this narrative and they started wearing masks when? When they said that they were supposed to. And you'll stop when you're supposed to and you'll do this when you're supposed to and you'll do this when you're supposed to. Because, again, it's coming from the silo mm. of truth. It's like, whoa, <laughs> like who made you guys God and decided that you choose what science is actually science and that your science is the ruler of all mm. other science? I'm like, oh, my goodness. Um and this is not a political statement because if you guys knew what I'm registered as, it'd probably surprise right. you. But uh, I've been very disappointed in the side that I'm registered in. I'll just say that with these particular yeah. issues. So you can use your head and get what I'm saying at. But of course, it's not a political podcast, so I don't need to uh, get too deep into that. But I, I do get what you're saying, and it's scary. And this is a platform which I love love being able to host because even if it's indirectly, I think this is a place where we get people to think mm -hmm. for themselves, uh, to think outside the box and really do their own research. Guys, you do not have to be a genius or a PhD to learn how to read a damn study and figure out stuff. It might not be fun to mm. read a study. That might not be something you want to do on your Friday night. No, you do not have to be Einstein, though, to learn how to read studies. In fact, if you really want, it's $97 to the public. Search uh, FDN Advanced Courses. Thankfully, they just published one of these. And anyone can do this. You don't have to be an FDN. You can buy our advanced course module for how to interpret studies. So literally, someone will show you all this different stuff, how to break it down, what it is, what it isn't. That is a very valuable mm. tool to have in today's world. Could you imagine if they taught that in school to kids, how to read a damn scientific no. study? We A whole different world we have, my friend. I know. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Again, yeah, we could go off forever on that. But uh, somehow, we've already, uh, you know, 
talked for almost 50 minutes on this one. So I want to make sure we're finishing mm-hmm. up with two things. Uh, one is the obvious one. What do you exactly offer um, and where can people find it? Because I know that you're mm-hmm. a podcast host yourself. I know that you do stuff with um, Amp Coil. So feel free to take as much time as you need. But like, what do you do? What do you offer? And then where can people find those? Yeah, I am on the Amp Coil team. You know, I'm, I'm committed to building education for this t- technology, making it available to everybody who wants to try it. Uh, or really deepening the understanding on on how it plays a role in our wellness. So the, if you reach out to Ampcoil, you're going to find me. And if anybody, I always tell people, if you're interested <laughs> in learning about the tech, we have a contact us page. There's a scheduling link. We would just do a Zoom. You know, we'll do a 20-minute Zoom. And so I ask, it's, it's like I ask people, it's like, what do you, what's wrong? What are you struggling? What have you done? And I am the first person to undersell tech. Like the last thing I want to do, believe me, is send you home with something that is uh, not in your price range or is not the right fit for you at this time. And I really do try to frame um, realistic expectations for people with this. I am also, you can also find me on the Beautifully Broken podcast, season four, which is dedicated to putting the broken pieces of the body back together. It's like that process of healing. What does that look like? It's different for everybody. So we talk about tech modalities, biohacking. I have survivors on all the time of sexual trauma and cancer and chronic illness and Lyme disease and you name it. So you're going to get a little bit of everything. I always ask people, well, what did you do? What did you use? What were your tools? And I try to keep a healthy dose of that next level of what is coming down the pipe as far as tools we can use at home, ways we can garnish information about the terrain at home. And that's free. You know, I make, I'm 111 episodes in, you know, so we're just kicking off season four and it's, I love it. It's my favorite thing to do. I'm calling it in. I want an angel investor. I want to do it full time. So the, the, that is building, we're building that massively, um, me and my team. So that's, those are the two big ones. And the next thing I'll say is that, I'm on Instagram as Freddie Secco, F-R-E-D-D-I-E-S-E-T-G-O. And that's my, my, my website. And it's, it's really just, um, engagement with people. You know, I'm, I am a big believer in patient advocacy. I, I, I coached for a long time and because of the podcast and amp coil, I'm, I'm not doing that at this time. I do know once in a while people will message and say, Hey, can I have a consult? And I will point you in the direction of an incredible coach to the level of FDN or SAFM or IFC, whatever it is, you know, the right fit for you. So I have a great sure. network of people that often um, moves people for, but that's, that's, those are really the big three is like social media, Freddie Seco, Amp Coil, or the beautifully broken podcast. And I, my one frustration is that like, I can't amplify the message faster into more people. And I think there's yeah. a degree of all of us on the planet that just want to be heard right now, right? I really want to be heard. I want that. And so as a somebody who listens to this, you might say, oh, man, how can I help this guy? Um, leave a review on the podcast, on Apple Podcast. That's like the most right. magical thing for the analytics, right? We're all playing that game of how do we get heard. And this year, I'm speaking a lot. I'm at MagnaCon. In Louisville, Kentucky, MagnaWave is a high-powered PEMF device, one of my favorite. I'm at the Biohacking okay, Congress okay. in Las Vegas, Boston, yeah, yeah, baby, and I'll Miami. 
I am I am going to be at uh, the Wow Factor weekend in Austin, Texas this weekend. Probably this podcast will be gone, but it's a big biohacking weekend for <laughs> 30 women, you know, wanting to get into the biohacking space. And there's there's lots of stuff coming up in the next year. So there'll be lots of live events. And uh, yeah, I'm so excited about I said said to somebody yesterday, I just want more hours in the day because I'm so full of fire and amplitude about what I'm doing in life. What a cool thing to have a passion. My life is my passion project. I don't, it's not like, oh, I got to go to work and get done so I can go do this. I like it and love it all. And, and the people that I work with. So it's re- yeah. I'm really freaking lucky to be healthy enough to do all this, have the energy to do all this, and then just to be landed in this magical little circle of people who are trying to change the world. So just, I'm, I'm like filled with gratitude. Yeah. Man, I know that we have um, different health stories, but what you just said at the last part there, I couldn't resonate with more. It's just, it's, it is funny. It's a quite a phenomenon. It's like there's not enough hours in the day, but I just want to keep going. Like I love what we're doing. I, I love what we're engaging with, and uh, it's interesting, you know, as someone who's been through um, almost a death sentence with what mm-hmm. you had, and someone who's had extreme suicidal ideations from very severe mental health issues. You know, um, I always look back and it's just like, because it doesn't happen over one night, but I'm like, how was I the same guy that wanted to drive his damn car off the road that now wants to be here as mm-hmm. long as possible? Just because I'm having fun. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying what we're doing. I, I love getting to talk to people like you. And it's like, you know, it, it's a tough question because we had someone else on the show um, whose, whose son passed away. And it's like, would we change this if we could? Well, probably mm. in a sense, you know, it's like, it's not like you want your son to pass away, but it doesn't mean that you're not thankful for the experience because you couldn't be the Freddy that you are today without the things mm. that you've experienced. I couldn't be the Evan that I am today. And you know what, man, it's tough to see it in the moment, but I word mm-hmm. that worked out <laughs> because yeah, it's fun to actually love life. And you see people that they might not have ever been sick, but they're dreading going to their nine to five. And you know, then they have to get home and use these coping mechanisms that are just forms of escapism because they hate that job so much. And it's a vicious cycle and I'm not condemning anyone, you know, but it's a side note. If you're not in the health space or, or you're doing, you're not doing what you feel mm-hmm. aligned with, figure out some plan because I got into self-help stuff before I got into health stuff. It was at 18. And someone basically said, it was some self-help quote, but it stuck with me, that the time's going to pass anyway, so figure it out. And I I thought about that. I'm like, well, even if it takes me till 30 (laughs) to do what I want to do, I'm 30. Like, some people are going to be 70 and not doing what they want to do. That doesn't make sense to me. Like, I might Mm -hmm. as well try. And uh, you know what the truth is? If you go in with that mindset, chances are, chances are, you could probably figure it out a lot quicker than you think. Um, Am I doing everything I want to be doing every second of every day? No, I'm pretty damn close, to be Mm -hmm. dead honest. But but no. Uh, But you don't really care as much because I'm still getting to do bits and pieces of the things that I want to do. And I know that you're living in alignment, man. It's just beautiful. I had to end on that note. But I have one final question for you. I swear. (laughs) It's the signature question we ask on the Health Detective podcast, and obviously we didn't ask it in episode one. And it's as simple as this. If I could give Mm Freddie a magic wand and you could get every single person in this world to do one thing for their health or get them to stop Mm. doing one thing, what's the one thing Freddie would get them to do? I think think the one thing that I would ask everybody on the planet to do is – oh, man, it's so hard to pick one. I'm going to pick one. I'm going to pick one. I'm going to go against my gut. My gut was breathe. My gut was to take in a deep breath every hour, do an eight count in, hold for two, and out for eight, and hold for two. You would be a different human being if you did that every hour on the hour. Because 
as human beings, we tend to ride the adrenaline rocket, the cortisol rocket towards bedtime, and then we wonder why we can't just shut it off. So humans were designed to eat, sleep, play, make love, and roam around the world. We are not living – we don't live that way. It's a different world. So the rules that apply to your genetic design haven't changed that much. We're not living in alignment or resonance with that fact, that truth. So we've got to work with these aspects of downregulation. I totally cheated. I'm going to give you two. And so the other thing I would ask is that when you okay. listen to another human being on social media uh, in, in real time when we're talking and you're engaging in their eye and you're really, you're really present with them, you're not just waiting for your turn to talk, is that you try every time you listen to pull away judgment of what they're saying. If we could remove judgment and just feel into the – the reality that they have a different upbringing, set of experiences, financial income, housing, relationship status than you do, and just be so humble about that that if we just remove judgment, I, I don't think we'd have war anymore. I don't think there'd be famine. I don't think there'd be kids locked in cages. I think that would all resolve because we, we, would, we would have this self-realization, wow, wow, everybody's struggling Everybody's having a weird time on this rock spinning around a ball of fire in the middle of a universe. Who knows what's beyond that? And we're all walking each other home in this human experience. Nobody gets out alive. Nobody's taking all the money you've made or the rockets or the boats or the Teslas and putting them in a case somewhere and you don't end a monopoly with a stack of cash. We all will go with nothing. And just remember that. And like, I think that would be such a great little mantra. If we broke out that sound bite and just like played it to people on your morning alarm, I am removing judgment every time when I gauge with another human being and I'm pulling that out of my listening tool, my listening toolbox, I would respond in a different way. And I think that would be just a transformational thing for the human race. One way to give a great unique answer. No one said that in a hundred something episodes. And I think that's very powerful. And I hope people relate, uh, understand how much that is related to our overall health. Uh, but number two, Freddie, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast, man. This has been, it's been so fun. I can't wait to have you on my show. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast. And Freddie, man, thank you for coming on and just doing your thing. This was absolutely incredible. One of the most, if not the most, intense story I have ever heard on this show. And with the people that we've interviewed and the things that they've dealt with, my friend, that is saying something. So I think you're doing a service to the world by simply sharing your story. And I won't go through the whole quote, but I may have mentioned this on the podcast many, many episodes ago. One of my favorite quotes, if not me, uh, the favorite quote that I have of all time, is, As we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give permission for others to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence actually liberates others. And again, there's more to that quote, but my goodness, if Freddie Kimmel is not the epitome of that quote, I don't know who is, my friends. So I hope you enjoyed this just as much as myself. And listen, if you think this information needs to be shared with others, if they deserve to hear these types of stories so that they know that there are other things that they can do for these very severe health issues, please consider leaving us a five-star review on both Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. We would appreciate that and love you even more than we already do. I'm looking forward to talking to you guys again soon, but until then, take care. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Health Detective Podcast. If you are ready to finally work with a real health detective on your health journey so that you can get well and stay well naturally, visit us at fdmthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button.